Welcome back to the Blindside Rewind. I'm one of your hosts, Jeremy Timmerman. My buddy Justin Baxley joining me as always. Justin, how's it going this evening? It's going well, man. Um, just uh, finished up a birthday dinner for a friend. My friend Leslie's turning 32 this week, so uh, excited for her. And we we got to go celebrate out at one of one of the it's the first time I'd ever been to one of the restaurants here in Macon, Circa. Um, and everybody talks about how great their sushi is, and they had a great uh, surf and turf roll uh, tonight. We all got to try it. Had a piece of like filleted steak on top, and there's lobster stuffed inside. So uh, pretty solid, man. Ain't gonna lie. That does sound pretty good. I'm not a I'm not a big sushi guy, but that that sounds pretty good. Um, yeah, man. So uh, yeah, just been living the dream over here, you know. Uh, yeah. So how have you been doing this week, bud? Been doing pretty good, uh, you know. Watching watching our Braves take off a little bit, um, yeah. Doing doing some good work, um. So that's been fun. I got the game on right now, and it seems like they're scoring every every time I'm looking down. But um, yeah. So just you know, kind of living the dream. Uh, house is a has, is chaos as always. I don't know if I mentioned it uh, on here, but I have I have four kids now, so uh, three little boys and a little girl. So there's there's just always somebody diving off of something around here yeah um that's two happy additions in the last couple years too right yeah 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 so we we're busy um (laughs) there's there's always something going on around here um but yeah so uh if if you've been tuning in or if you you've been listening for the last week or so we are watching uh survivor blood versus water season 27 (laughs) and um, we, we, we liked that theme and the way the theme and the Redemption Island setup worked well together. We liked that so much that we actually did an episode after one of our episodes after just one episode, which is just kind of rare. So tonight we're, we're going to kind of recap episodes two and three and, uh, Justin, one of the things, and, and we're going to do this a little bit differently because one of the running themes over the two episodes is is just how miserable Colton is mm-hmm. um and and yeah he, he kind of complains for for two episodes and it just because to this point unless I'm wrong um the newbies have lost you know if, if you're somehow picking up right now blood visit versus water opens up with uh, it's it's ten pairs of a returner and a newbie, and they arrive separately. And they actually stay for the first night. They actually get to stay separately on the island. They don't come together. They're, they're marooned, tribeless. They're marooned as pairs at various points around the the Cagayan area of the Philippines, actually. And immediately we see Colton and his fiance. Uh, is it Caleb? Yeah, Caleb. And immediately Colton, he's the returner. And Caleb's doing all the work, and, and Colton's just kind of, um, let me know if you want me to do anything. He just doesn't seem to be in it. And right. from the word go, the, the returners, mind you, have not lost. We've seen three episodes. They haven't lost a an immunity challenge, right? No, they have not lost a single member. Uh, never been to a tr- uh, tribal council. Um, and really, I think that's what was bugging Colton. Was yeah, he he didn't get to necessarily like plant his like strategic seeds 
because nobody on the the returners that that was that was his biggest complaint in the one episode is he said nobody wants to talk game with me nobody wants to talk game right now and everybody's kind of looking around like why do we need to talk game if we're winning like as long as you're winning in the tribal phase correct me if i'm wrong jeremy but like you can build your alliances out i'm not saying that but like do you really need to talk about voting someone out? Like, and, and this is, this, and, and, and I, I guess it's different because he was walking around to various different people talking about like, you know, cat man, she's super not trustworthy. Like maybe we should get her out. Like, dude, y'all haven't lost yet. Yeah. And, and it goes back to something. And I'm sure I addressed this on my solo episode where I talked about my strategy for how I would play. But like, I feel like the way it seems to flow is that when you're not about to have to vote someone off, when you're before an immunity challenge, that's when you build the relationships. Right. That's, that's when you establish connections. That's when you kind of figure out who you who you're compatible with, who has similar, uh, not similar views as far as externally, but similar views on how to play the game, who is somebody who you just get along with. Because I can go ahead and tell you right some people on on Survivor are able to work with people that you can tell they don't really get along with. Mm-hmm. I would have a hard I would have a hard time with that. Not not saying that I couldn't, but right. uh, my day one alliance would not be with someone who was abrasive to me. Uh, right. Well, I don't. I mean, I think even in this season, like Monica seems to be working with Jervis, and I don't know that they love each other. Right. Like from what I can tell, like I mean, Jervis. At this stage, knows well, in one of the episodes, I guess he he and Tyson both kind of go after Brad, her husband, and that's kind of the again that goes back to how interesting this theme is, is because when you when you have somebody blame your relative on the other tribe for that person getting sent sent home, well, then all of a sudden, like that becomes your enemy, but at the same time, like in, in Tyson and Jervis's case. They're both trying to work with Monica. Like that's right. So far, that's been kind of their little alliance, right? If I'm not mistaken, it's Jervis, Tyson, and Monica. And yeah, like, it's tough. It's tough to say because they they haven't been a tribal. In that. Right, but like, but like, if you watch, like, there's been a couple where like those three and there's one other person, and the four of them kind of seem to hang around a lot. And they talk a good bit, and. I think that's what makes this theme so great is you, it really does kind of force you to work with people maybe that you don't like. And especially when you're watching maybe some of those people like badmouth your own relatives, but you know, it's part of the game and you're like, well, you know, they may not like Brad, but they better like Monica because Monica's trying to win this game. <laughs> yeah. And, and, but again, like with Colton, it really seemed, and it started out as just these people, why won't they, why don't they want to talk strategy? They need to talk strategy. I don't enjoy – he got really perturbed with how they just kind of seemed to enjoy hanging out with each other at, at camp because they weren't under pressure. They weren't losing immunity. Nobody was going home. So they were just kind of hanging out and enjoying – and Colton couldn't stand that. And that developed over the course of these two episodes uh, from that, which is which is somewhat healthy, I guess, you know, uh, reasonably healthy. It was a kind of annoying, but – you know, he wants to establish the game. He wants to win the game. Mm-hmm. And it goes from that to almost an insecurity that they don't want to work with him. It's like he right. he he left the land of reality where nobody was discussing 
at least that we saw, nobody was discussing, okay, we're going to work together, and the first person we're going to vote off is, is Colton, and the, the second person we're going to – nobody was really doing that. They were all just kind of hanging out and building relationships. And he went from maybe recognizing that to slipping out of reality and into a space of, oh, they don't want to work with me. And it right. kind of became a self-fulfilling prophecy. And, and RS kind of tried to point that out to him, like, listen, man, relax. We're, yeah. we're just – we're not in a place where we're having to discuss who we're going to vote off. So why would it, why would we go to that place if we don't have to? Why would we create that tension if we don't have to? Just relax, settle down. It's not that people don't want to work with you. It's just that we're not at that point yet. And when I think he had a specific target from the get go, though, right? Like he didn't like Cap. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know. I think they may have played together on One World. They um, did. They did. I, I saw that the other. I saw and that. So, part of me wonders if there was some leftover tension that we don't notice or don't know about because of One World, and that's kind of what starts it all. Is he's trying to get Cat to be Public Enemy Number One? Because if you remember in the first episode, that's kind of who he gets into it with with the boat, right? Like him and her, yeah, are screaming at each other in the boat. Yep. Um, and so you just have to wonder, like, was there some residual uh, dislike from their season? Because I think One World was like season twenty three, maybe. And like, so yes, was, that sounds right. It was very close to this one. It was. It, it yeah, was wasn't not... super far off. So, like, if there was some residual dislike for one another, like that could carry over with those seasons. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like Tyson coming from season eighteen to season twenty seven. Like you would assume. But, like, if he had any issues with somebody, by then, like, five, six years have passed, and you probably are over it at that point. But with, with especially with somebody like Colton, who seems to kind of hold a grudge um, and has that kind of personality, I think that's really hard for him if there, if there was some residual hate towards Cap. But then I think there's also the sense that he really likes to be the center of attention. And so when you aren't really strategizing you're not talking about that kind of thing you're talking about you're talking less about game you're just talking about hanging out he doesn't necessarily get to be the center of the game the center of attention but i think we've talked about it before you you can lose survivor on day one but you can't win survivor on day one right and the other thing is that he really seemed to focus on you know there, there's several large skill sets that are going to go into play with survivor. There's, there's the survival skill set, which a lot would argue have, has become less and less important. Those skills. I tend to think that the edit just makes it seem that way. Um, but either way, you've got those survival skills. You've got the physical skills and the challenges. You've got the social skills and the strategic skills and Colton, made it clear within the first three episodes, two and a half episodes, really two episodes in change. We were just a few minutes into the third episode um, when it all came to a head, but um, he's a one trick pony. He doesn't want to do anything with the survival aspect. He's not an asset in the, in the challenges. He doesn't want to build relationships. All he wants to do is strategize. That's it. He just wants to come out there. He wants to cut some throats. He wants to blindside people. He wants to establish um, kind of a, a pecking order and alliances within his tribe. That's all he wants to do. 
Mm-hmm. And when that doesn't work, when nobody else wants to play that game, he begins to insult them. At some point, he said something about like uh, these people are going to be in for a rude awakening when they have to go to a tribal council, which is funny because he's on a tribe of literally nine other people. Well, at that point, it was it was down to eight. It was nine people, or was it ten? It was ten people, and one of them was a returner or a, a newbie. So he's on a tribe with. Eight other people who have all been to tribal councils before, every last one of them. Uh-huh. He's got a couple of people who have one survivor. Like, he's talking yeah, about Aris. One, he's talking about Aris. One, right? right, well, it's him. It's, it's him, eight other people who are, who are returners, well, and, and, a, and a newbie. So, right. so, either way, at one point, he's having a conversation with Aris, who has one survivor before. Maybe right. Colton recognize that there are people in this tribe that are better at this than you. There are people at this tribe that not only know what's coming at tribal council, they know how to get through tribal councils. They know how to get through all the tribal councils. So sit yeah, down. The and final one too. Yeah. Sit down and listen to them. But he just has this, this complex and it's, it's unnerving at times to watch, to watch him melt down over the course of two episodes and change. To the point where in the third episode, I mean, he just quits. And, and you know, we were we were both. It, it's almost it was almost like a relief to the show, though. Yeah, like, it was. They 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 spent a lot more time than on that particular tribe. They spent most of their time focusing on this dude, who literally his mission is just to make people unhappy, and. I, it's it's similar to Russell Hans in the in that sense, but I don't know. It always felt like at least Russell had a method to the madness. If that makes sense, like, I well, and Russell he, was Russell enjoyed it. You know, like he enjoyed right. he, he enjoyed like being out there. He was a sicko, and he enjoyed making people uncomfortable. Clinton right. wants to make people uncomfortable, but he doesn't even seem to enjoy it himself. And it just, it was just, it was, it was not fun to watch those portions. No, um, it, he made it a very awkward time to watch. And then you're just kind of left cringing almost at like some of the moments. And especially like you see him talking about his like mental health and like, and how, you know, he wants to be a different person. And, you know, he just, he's so scared that people hate him and all this. And then everyone in that tribe comes together basically around, around him. And, and that's a wonderful moment. It should be a wonderful moment in survivor, right? Like you see this villain who, you know, is kind of universally disliked. And he had essentially a fake, a medical malady in, in his first season. Right. Like you said, you had appendicitis or something. And so you, 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 you see, all these people come together around him and you're kind of left looking like this is a really wonderful moment in his arc. Cause I talked a little bit about survivor arcs on, on, on this podcast before is that I'm a big fan of art since I thought this was kind of a turning point in his arc from his first season to now is that, Oh, like he's about to get a really redeeming moment out of this. And Jeremy, it kind of crumbles around from that point on because it wasn't really, a, it didn't feel like it was a genuine moment. Like, it just felt like that was still a game, like, strategy from Colton was to seem sad and seem 
down and to seem like he needed to talk about his mental health to get them to maybe like not be upset with him or something, even though I don't think they, they, they didn't, I think he got paranoid from the get go is that people thought he was the same Colton. And like you said, it became that self-fulfilling prophecy that, you know, he really didn't change. Right. But, and, and Justin, honestly, I, I don't want to diagnose mental health. I'm not any yeah, sort I, of expert, but I really felt like it wasn't a gameplay. I really felt like he just couldn't take it. I really feel like yeah. he just mentally was not strong enough to be out there, to be a different person, to play the game um, in a way that he wasn't prepared for. I feel like he was prepared to be on a tribe. I think he would have been better off if he had been on the, the newbie tribe where yeah. – um they were losing the first three games and he was strategizing right out the gate because when that didn't happen and he was on the tribe, because we've talked about it before, we've seen a couple of different seasons where one of the tribes doesn't lose the first couple of, you know, the first two or three episodes. And we really don't even know who's on that tribe because uh, Samoa was starting off that way. There was one tribe that we just, there were people on that tribe that I couldn't tell you their name, couldn't tell you their face, couldn't tell you who this person was in the least. Because so much because they focused on Russell and the, the tribe wasn't losing. But in in this season, we're seeing a lot of that tribe because Colton is just melting down. And I, but I think had he been on the tribe that that was losing and he was able to strategize, I think he he might have been fine. Unless he got himself yeah. voted off. Unless he got himself voted off immediately. Right. Um, yeah, and I do want to say like. I'm not definitely not downplaying mental health. Like I no, not at all. 100% think, you know, get, get help for your mental health. I, I was talking to somebody the other day about it that, you know, just like if I go to a, a doctor to see, see somebody about my, you know, if I sprain my ankle, I'm going to go to the doctor. Well, when I'm feeling down and feeling depressed, like I'm going to go see my, 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 my therapist or I'm going to get medication, which I mean, I've done like over the last couple of years, I've started seeing a therapist. I've gotten a, a psychiatrist, that kind of thing to get, help for that just like I would treat any other thing that's wrong with my body. Like that's something that I've realized over the last couple of years is how important mental health is. And so I hope, I guess I should have prefaced it by saying, I hope that it wasn't a gameplay. I hope that it was a genuine moment for Colton. But the sad part was what came afterwards, which was he went from having that, what could have been a very genuine moment to him acting the exact same way when he woke up the next morning and still feeling like that group of people didn't like it. And I just want to go back to the beginning of the game. They had the opportunity to vote him out from the get-go, right? Right. Like, that would have been like an excellent really opportunity. like Colton, just go ahead and do it now. Well, you know, and, 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 and that's what makes... What, what, what happens, right? Like, Rupert... Like, do we already know what was happening? Like, Rupert had already said, yeah, I'm going. Like before the other tribe made that decision of who they were sending out. Or um, am I, am I, am no, no, they both got that. They both tribes voted, and as far as they knew, that's right. Everybody, okay. as far as they knew, the person was going home. Now Tyson, I think, probably knew for sure that they weren't going home. Um, right. And we talked about that in, in the last episode. Token but teams, right. but they both they could have voted Colton out. So one, you you. Uh, 
hindsight being 2020 and knowing more about Colton now, I kind of wonder why they didn't just vote him out. And, but two, if you're Colton, if you're in a strong place mentally, it would be easy this early in the game and look and go, no, if they didn't want to play with me, if, if they were judging me off the old Colton, they just sent me home right there. And they didn't. Yeah. They didn't, which means these people wanted to play with me. Well, and you had two people, I know for sure, from his season. Like, you had Monica and you had Kat, and they could have easily been like, hey, we're going to vote Colton out here. We know how Colton is. Right. Just trust us. Trust us. We don't, we don't want to play this game with this dude. Like, we've already played with him before. He was an awful person to deal with. I don't know why they brought him back. We just... And especially Cap, because like you could tell Cap felt that way about him. Yeah. And like Monica to some degree, like once she once she gets into kind of some I guess those like the 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 confessionals or whatever, she talks about it. She's like, um it's the same old Colt. And so they knew who it was. Like like they knew what type of person Colt was and she talks about, you know, I really hope that he had changed. Like, that's the thing, man. I'll be honest with you. If I had played with someone before and I knew all he did was lie and go behind my back, Jeremy, what do you think I'm going to do? First yeah. chance I get, I'm sending him home. And yeah. not just sending him home, but like, first, if, if if there's a little vote thing at the beginning, I don't care what the, if, if he ends up somehow getting an advantage out of it, fine. It doesn't matter to me. I'm still going to vote for that guy because what if it is something bad where they do really get to get sent home? And in this case, it was bad. They stayed, they are on the brink of getting sent home every time they go to Redemption Island. And so I would have just voted Colton out to begin with. And I feel like that really speaks to these people really did want to play the game with him. They were fine playing with Colton. Yeah. They they looked at him as more of an asset than Candace, which was absolutely dumb. Yeah. Because Candace has been great. On redemption. <laughs> yeah, that that decision looks dumber and dumber as we go. But, you know, the Colton story for this, and, and I think for Survivor forever, because uh, the Colton's probably done, done. Um, yeah, done, done. He's done, done. It all comes to a head at, at a Redemption Island duel. There's arguing going on. There's yelling. But no one is yelling at Colton. There's other people disagreeing, yelling at Brad Culpepper. Mm-hmm. It seems like the kind of thing that – what we've heard from Colton, this seems like what he wants. He wants the drama. He wants the the vitriol. And yet, that's when he melts down and says he can't handle it. Nobody likes him. He does. He's not. He doesn't want to be here. And Jeff is pissed. Jeff <laughs> minces no words with Colton. He's just like, "Oh, so you're quitting again?" And that's what yeah. happens. That's yeah, what I mean, happens. He- he, he, what was it? He wouldn't even let him throw it in the urn. Um, he was being such a petty, petty man. Because in this season, is that something that's, I, I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen that be the thing. When somebody is finally, like when Rupert loses the first, uh, uh, yeah, the, the first redemption duel, which I thought was kind of a surprise. Um, because it, well, it, it was the one, it was the one thing that didn't really. And I told you that when we started watching, this is like the one little game that probably does not help someone like Rupert. And I'll be honest, the second one would have been even worse on him. The second one was worse because the first one they used the little, almost looked like a uh, a shuffleboard stick, 
Yeah. And they, they scoop these spools through this little vertical maze and they stack them. But even in that, we're like, yeah, that really doesn't fit Rupert's skill set. Even in that, it helped his skill set because Jeff pointed out, Jeff pointed out that the other two, um, Monica and not Monica, what's the girl's name? Marissa, Mar- right? Marissa <laughs> and Candace had to climb up this little step stool to get up to the top. Rupert was standing on the ground. That's too. Rupert didn't have to climb those those two stairs with his uh, during this balancing act, and he still ends up losing. So that was kind of a surprise to me, at least. Um, but and I was going in a direction with that. But okay, so Rupert he te- he's instructed to take his buff and throw it in the urn and burn his buff. And I've never seen that before. That's not been. I, I thought they normally took their their buff with them. Um, yeah, I think that's one of the seasons, if I remember correctly. I don't. I haven't watched enough of the Redemption Island seasons, but I guess it's like a ritual thing for them um, to throw the buff in the urn to, to have it burn to signify the end of your journey on Survivor. Um, and I, and he wouldn't let Colton do that. And almost feel like in the middle of the sentence, Jeff realized the logic wasn't strong because he said something like. You're not going to get – you don't even get the honor of having your um, buff burn in this urn. So you're just going to take that with you as a reminder of what happened here. And it was almost like in the middle of the sentence he realized this should be reversed. He should have to burn his. Everybody else should be taking theirs home. I wish we had thought about this. <laughs> that's that's, <laughs> that's kind of what – because logically it would be – more appropriate if I have that person burn Rupert, you, you fought valiantly, take your buff with you, but your torch has to go out. And then, um, you know, somebody else does it. And then when Colton quits, it's, you got to burn yours. Like that would have been more appropriate. Um, but yeah, that, yeah. that was just a really uncomfortable way for, for the season, for the first well, returner to go home, especially. And I really hated it for Caleb. Um, in the moment, like watching him as Colton's quitting, because one, like, you know, now people are looking at you like, damn, like, what do you see in this dude? Like, why are you like, what, what, what's the deal here, man? Like you, you've been a really cool guy to us. What, what, what's going on? Like, how, how do you approve of this kind of behavior? But then you also feel for him in another way because you're, I, at least this is how I felt for him was you could see the pain in his eyes watching him quit because he was like, the one person that I thought I could count on out here isn't getting voted out. Like some of these other people have to watch their loved ones get voted out, play at redemption. Island. maybe they get back in the game. I'm having to watch my person go out of this game on his own volition, his own choice. And I'm just left out here alone. And, but also like, I don't know about you, but like, if I, if I saw my loved one quit, I'd almost be tempted to be like, hey, like that person, like that's my person. That person's having a meltdown. I, I can't let that person go go off alone. Like I'm leaving too. Like especially I, in that situation, because there, there's yeah, I, I get it. Because there's there's other like Jervis and Marissa. If one of them right. were to quit, not that they don't have a great relationship, they obviously do because Jervis chose her as his person to come out here. Mm-hmm. But like. He knows she has other people. Uh, unless yes. their unless their relationship is completely different than what I'm than what I'm assuming, 
that's a niece uncle relationship. She, she, there are other people that could deal with her, or and yeah. if the roles are reversed, there are other people that could deal with him. When you're in that kind of relationship, where you're a fiance, you're a husband, you're a wife, you're whatever, like you're supposed to take care of that person. And so I, there would there would be a temptation to I, I gotta go too. Yeah, and then there's, well, I'm like, go ahead. The flip side is also true because you have to, there also has to be, or, or there's at least a chance that there's a, a, an element in your mind going, okay, hold on. This dude brought me out here. He's supposed to be guiding me. He's done this before. I haven't. We came out here. We had one night, the two of us, I had to do all the work. And now when he has faced literally no adversity, mm-hmm. they've won it. They've won every challenge. They, he hasn't had to vote anybody out. He hasn't had anybody vote for him. He's quitting and leaving me out here by myself. There'd be, I, I there's, there'd be a lot going through my head if I was Caleb. Yeah. And, and like I was, I was going to say, you know, like if I'm if I'm dating somebody or I'm with somebody like that, I just I, I would be very tempted to leave, man. Like watching my loved one cry into my arms and like basically like give me a kiss, hold me, and they're like and they're like you know I've got to go, like I can't stay here. My initial gut instinct is just a man as a uh, as somebody you know. I would be tempted to just say, yeah, I gotta go too. Like this. You know, if, if she can't be with me, I can't be here. Like I, I, you know, m- you know, me and her are partners in this game of life. We're also like, like, and I know I want to stay here and play Survivor, but at the same time, I ain't le- letting her go home, not without me. Like we're, it's just that that's how this is gonna work. And I'd leave. Like, and, and I know it's harder in the moment because you you do want to play and you do want to win, and you know that's money out of your pocket, both for appearances and for. Um, for if you go on to win, but at the same time, like just as a human, like I couldn't leave that per like my person alone, like and it'd be different. Like if me and you were on the show together and we're friends, and for some reason you decide to quit, I'm sticking around. Right, like, it's not your job to take care of me. Right, like we're friends, and you know I'll feel for you, and I'll I'll be upset that you're leaving, but at the same time, like it's not gonna it's not necessarily impact me. And as far as the game goes, like I'm gonna stick around, I'm gonna try to win it. And, you know, bring it home. And, but, you know, if it was like somebody like my mom and she's just sitting there breaking down, like I'm going to have a hard time with that. Or if it's my, if it's my girlfriend or something along those lines, I don't have a hard time with that. Um, Cause I, you know, signed up to kind of be an emotional support for that person. And like in life, just when I started dating them or whatever it may be, um, I part of that emotional support system for them and I'm watching them have a meltdown. That's not a very good emotional support system. If I decide, yeah, well, see you later. Like that's going to be hard for me to make that decision for my own self. Yeah. So I, I do not envy his, what I'm saying. I do not envy Caleb's position at all. Cause it, like you said, it's two sides of a really, really bad coin. You either and stay. We, yeah. And you feel really, really bad. And then or you're, you're sad and upset for your loved one. But then also there's the side that if you leave, you've now thrown away a chance to go win Survivor. Yeah, you've thrown away, especially in that kind of relationship, you've thrown away a the best odds anybody's ever had to be a millionaire on Survivor. 
right? Yeah. Because well, yeah, because you like you, you know, said, like we talked about last week. If you and if you and your wife went on Survivor and you win, that that money is not just Jeremy's money. That's your wife's money, right? Or and, if your and, wife and, wins, it's not just your wife's money. It's Jeremy's money. And so when you go like RS and Vetus, they're sharing that down the middle, right? They're they're going fit, you know, fifty fifty. Well, if uh, if, if if a husband and wife win, they're going hundred hundred, right? Yeah. In most cases, you know, in most cases, I'm sure there are other people that handle their finances different, but like, I now have access. If my wife wins, I have access to all million of that. If I win, my wife has access to all million of that. And so in that relationship, like, man, you can't throw away both of your both of your chances to win a million dollars in one moment. Right. But you're tempted. You know, you're tempted to make yeah. that to make that decision. And we got well, to see we also got to see at that same redemption. We got to see a, a much healthier example of a relationship because Rachel had been voted off by her tribe. And that's Tyson's girlfriend. Right. And Tyson was given the opportunity and they, they discussed it as equals. It was a really cool moment. Um, yeah. It was sad, but to see them discuss that as equals, if Tyson put it up to her, but he chose to put it up to her, he, he you did. I didn't get the sense at least that Tyson felt obligated to put it up to, to give her his choice. And they discussed yeah. it as equals and they decided Tyson was the better chance to win. Well, and, and, and I, what I thought from that, and, and I think Tyson picked up on it. They voted her out because of me. They want me to to do this. This is their their goal is to get me out of the game. Their goal was never to get Rachel out of the game. So right. They want to have happen, and he says it in front of everybody. He's like, "You guys, it was a good move. Like, congratulations, you made the right move because I'm now in a position to have to at least consider going down there and taking her spot. So, congratulations for doing that." But he also, like you said, he gave her the choice and he's like, look, and what I thought was different was like Candace and John, Candace and John, when they made the decision, it was almost like John was kind of like, well, you know, like, I really think y'all to just stay on over there, babe. Like I'm doing and good truth be, <laughs> truth be told what we've seen. She's a much better competitor than he is. Like, yeah. I think he, I think he was right. She's got a better chance of beating because she she took down Rupert. She it took is. down Rachel. Like, she yeah. has won. She's been she's won. She won first place in each of the first two redemption challenges. Absolutely, um, and I, so I mean, it was the right call. But like looking back at it, like when we were talking about it last week, that wasn't the right call. Like from a from a stand like a. A man's standpoint, the way he handled it was not necessarily yeah, the right way of going it about it. It did not. But, and and, and th- even though the choice was the same, the decision felt so different. The end choice right. was the man deciding that the woman was going to go to redemption. But right. Tyson, it felt so much more like a team, you know, a, a, a decision between these two um, partners that. Mm-hmm. Our best chance is if Tyson stays in the game and 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 Rachel goes to redemption. Whereas with Candace and John, it really felt like John saying, "Hey, so you're better at this than me, so I'm going to send you to redemption." It really did not feel like he was coming from a position of strength. Right. Well, um, Tyson was offered, Tyson also offered it too. It yeah. was like Tyson was like, "Look, I will gladly take your place over there if you all you have to do is say the word. 
But if you'd prefer me not to take your place, and that is completely up to you, I also will, will, will honor that wish. Like, it, it very much felt like he was saying, I will do literally either one, and I'm fine doing either one. I'll either go down there and kick everybody's tail in Redemption Island, or I'll stay in the game and go try to win us a million dollars. Like, it is your choice. I will let you decide. And, you know, she ultimately said what I had told you kind of from the get-go was, she said, I think you have a better chance of winning this game than I do. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty solid. Like, he made it decently far in token gene. Um, He didn't. And his gameplay, his gameplay wasn't what got him voted out in token genes either. No. The reason he didn't win token genes, or one of the reasons, was because he was a jerk on purpose. Like right. well, he is clear, he has clearly mellowed out from that some by this point, and well, so I think it was the second appearance that mellowed him out because he, and I don't want to give it too much away because I will watch it together at some point, but it may be a long time before we get there, so I'm gonna go ahead and throw it out there. He voted himself out on accident. Fun. Uh, you'll have to watch it to understand it, but like he got in his own head and like voted against where people told him to vote. And, like, he trusted somebody, I think it was Russell, that he shouldn't have. And he threw a vote at one person, like, over here. And instead of it being a tie vote between him and this other person, it was 5-4-1. And he was the five. So he basically voted himself out of the game. Fun. <laughs> so that mellow, that would mellow me out, I'll be honest with you. Right. Um, but also, like, in that moment, like, if you look back... To me, when you make a mistake like that and you get voted out relatively early in a game or early in a season like that and you return, because like coming from token chains to to heroes versus villains, it felt like Tyson was a big threat because Tyson was a solid game player in the first time that he played. But from heroes versus villains to this time, he almost comes in flying a little under the radar because you got people like Aris out there. Aris and Vetus, who are, you've got one of them has won, and the other brother seems to be just as just as solid as him. You've got some some big personalities like Brad Culpepper and some and, and Colton and all these other. So Tyson seems to be kind of flying under the radar a little bit. And he did so poorly in this, this season that he, the previous season that he played, it allows you to be able to get, go under the radar. It's the same reason I think that, spoiler alert, that Tony wins Winners at War. Because if you think Kageon, he wins, right? If he goes from Kageon to Winners at War, people are going to perceive him as a huge threat. It's fair, right? Yeah. But he played in a season in between there and finished 19th. He was the second guy to go off. Second person to go off. There was that gap between his dominance in Kageon and being the first person sent out, that really, or second person to be sent out, that really allowed him to go win Winners at War because people let him fly under the radar long enough. Yeah. And it's similar to me for Tyson. And so when Rachel makes that decision for them, I thought it was the best decision. Cause I think Tyson just based on the cast and based on everything at this point, and we'll talk about, I mean, I know we can talk a little bit about it in a little while he gets injured. And so maybe that's going to throw a little bit of a wrinkle into his, his Superman type, uh, personality to some degree in, in the immunity challenges. So we'll see there, but, for the most part, like he's probably in the top five, like right now, I would say, and people that I think could win this season. Yeah, no, I mean, he, he really set himself up well. Um, and we also see a moment 
to transition a little bit, we see Tyson turn his attention to Mr. <laughs> Football. Mr. Football. So, for those of you who don't know, Brad Culpepper was a defensive tackle for the Minnesota Vikings. He lost an incredible amount of weight between when he was a defensive tackle and when he was on Survivor. Um, but he did not gain very much brain, I don't think. Um, <laughs> Brad is one of these characters that I've watched Survivor enough that like you can you can start to see some of these edits where like I'm not worried about how much I don't like Brad Culpepper. And even though, like, even if I didn't know who wins this season, I wouldn't be worried that Brad wins because they've definitely set him up with the uh, wannabe alpha male who gets who gets who gets his in the end. He's getting that arc, right? He's getting that edit. We're like, you know, you know, in the next couple episodes, he's gonna get got. It's gonna happen because he just he's just so arrogant and he's just so dumb. Right, like he he's definitely got the he's got the dumb jock at it to some degree, and he's got the is fake puppet master the best way of putting it, like where you think you're running every as, aspect of the game, like you're making all the strategic calls, you're the you know, and and people don't realize what you're doing, but really everybody knows exactly what you're doing. And, and he also had, oh, exactly, because he doesn't realize that, like, people are letting him drive the boat because they know that driving the boat is dangerous. They know that when you're the person who's always driving the boat, that eventually somebody's going to go, we got to take that guy out. And so the others, Vetus and Hayden and uh, Caleb and poor John, who is... Um, unfortunately about to meet his, at least for now, survivor end. Um, and I'm actually really excited about that next redemption, but that's something we'll discuss later. Those guys all know what Brad's doing. They all recognize that Brad is dangerous and it's only a matter of time before they decide to flip that switch. Um, because, but for right now, it doesn't really hurt them to let Brad pick which target because he's picking for those guys. He's not, he is gung ho for the most part until now on this, um, guys alliance. So if I'm Hayden, like it's not the worst thing that could happen for him to vote out these girls because these girls are decidedly not Hayden. So he, he, all right, sure. You want to vote this? You want to vote Rachel out? Why not? You want to vote, uh, you want to vote this other girl out? Sure, why not? Let, let's do it. Um, well, vote right. you're, you're keeping the numbers. Yeah. You know he's not going to vote you out because he's pretty much said, hey, man, me, you, we're, we're good. Like, we're, we're, we're guys aligned strong. And, like, that's something that me and you have talked about before. Like, there's times where you watch a, where you watch a, a group or an alliance. They'll start kind of recognizing, hey, we're, we're up 5-3 we can afford to kind of cut somebody out of this here a lot and still have the numbers. And it's almost like Hayden's kind of hanging around about that. He's just like, you know, if we just eliminate maybe one or two more girls, I can take Brad out on my own. Yeah. Like, I mean, and I'll still have, you know, two solid numbers that I don't necessarily have to worry about me getting voted out anytime soon. And like, I'm sure they know there's going to be a swath at some point. 
Right. They, they, at this point, they know that, especially with it getting as lopsided as it, it's getting, at some point, they're going to be a mer- an early merge. There's going to be a tribe swap. There's going to be a two tribe two tribes out to three scenario. There's going to be something. It's coming. Um, I will say, just kind of disorganized at the redemption where Colton quits, we do get <laughs> you. You you pointed it that it was coming, Marissa gave us one of the best quotes of the season so far when she just points at Brad and says, F you, Brad Culpepper, except she didn't say F. It was, no, she said the word. <laughs> yeah, she said the word. It was fantastic. Honestly, you say it was one of the best things we've heard this season. I say it's one of the best things I've ever heard in Survivor, period. Because it's really how everybody's feeling about Brad at this stage of the game. Like, everybody's feeling it, and like, you're just tired of Brad. You're tired of seeing Brad. You're tired of his fake puppet master routine. You're tired of the fake macho man routine. Uh, no Randy Savage, but uh, you're tired of the, uh, you just, you're tired of Brad at this point. And to see this like tiny uh, girl stand up to this NFL player and go, F you, Brad. F you and everything you stand for, basically. Yeah. And just the delivery of it. She didn't mean it humorously or comedically at all, but just the, no. the delivery of F you, Brad Culpepper, just like it just there was no re- need to clarify which Brad you were talking about. No. Like there's only one. Gave us the whole name and everything. But yeah. it was also like, and I don't know if this was the edit, but it really felt like she was looking at someone else. And he happened to like just mutter a, a single word, and she had finally had enough. And like it was almost like her her whole neck just snapped to where Brad was at, and was like "f you, Brad Culpepper." Like I was ready for her to like throw in a random like middle name, like "f you, Brad Gemini Culpepper." You can get out yes. of here now. Like I was yeah, it. it was great because and it just it was just so because you're right. Brad has this just air about him like he can't look around and see that his tribe keeps losing yep and he's not making any friends but where he really messes up in this episode is that he creates a crack in his own alliance because and it obviously works for one vote but he points out that john well, John makes the mistake of trusting Brad. For some reason, John decides that of all of those men on his tribe, Brad needs to be the one that he because because Candace, by virtue of winning both redemptions so far, both redemption duels so far, mm-hmm. Candace gets two clues to where the uh, immunity idol is, and she can give them to anybody. She gives both to John. I would have given one to John and then one to somebody on my own tribe. Um, <laughs> that's how I would have played it. Cause your husband is going to work with you. If you both get to the merge, he's not going to say, honey, I've made other alliances and you're not in it. That's not going to happen. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't trust John on that, buddy. <laughs> you you I have mean, a lot more faith in John than I do. I mean, but if you're his wife, you, you have to feel like I've given you one clue and you can also, you know, you're not a mute. You can say, John, I really think that I need to help the people on my tribe. I've helped you. I need, that would be fair. Well, I, I, the one thing you got there though, Jeremy is 
yes, I get what you're saying, but also, why would I want to help the people that just voted me out? Not everybody did though, but, and and if you want to get back in the game, you need to start. Yeah. Forming. You also haven't gotten the chance to form any bonds with anyone in the returning tribe. And right now it's very clear that the returning tribe is the stronger tribe. So you want to make connections with somebody over there. So I I think I would have done that. But either way, she gives both to John. John still doesn't manage to find the immunity idol because he's confided in Brad what these clues are. Brad somehow convinces him that he doesn't need to go find it or whatever. And then, then Brad decides to, Turn the vote from his all from his He Man Womanators Club voting out the girls to hey let's vote out John instead because he's he's going to find this immunity idol he was really really strong on on not wanting to vote out Rachel let's let's go ahead and vote him out and they do yeah. but the problem with that is you not only weaken your numbers but now the one reason Hayden Caleb and Vetus had to not turn on you was that we had the numbers. We had this strong alliance where we can be guaranteed that we're going to make the merge because as long as we've got Brad and as long as we've got these guys, we're safe. Now all it's going to take at the next vote is, well, you know, he turned on John. He turned on me too. Yeah. He knows, he knows where the immunity idol is. If we don't think he's got it, we need to go ahead and vote him out before he gets it. So it was just a – I thought it was a really poor decision when they had Katie right there to vote her out. She's been weak. She hasn't contributed anything to the tribe. She got her butt kicked. So you wanted to talk about the the, the, the most recent um, immunity challenge where they – it was like a like – almost like a – it was almost like a football drill with, with pads that you hold to push each other off this little floating platform. Yeah, it- I enjoyed the uh, that particular challenge. I know we talked about these. These other challenges, for the most part, were kind of meh. Like none of them really stood out as as solid challenges to really go over. Um, really, any of the first few challenges have not been great. Like even the the boat one that we saw in the first one was just very. I think you called it last time. Like it's a very survivory survivor challenge. And yeah. This one was very similar to kind of like what I'm, what we're used to, the ones that we really like. Where, like, I think back to Token Teams, the, our favorite from that season. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Was the slingshot one? Where the slingshot? There were so many. Them. The slingshot one, the basketball one. There were several. The basketball one, yeah. So they had a lot more of those like athletic events that kind of meld over into like what we're used to seeing in some of our other sports. Uh, Kageon. There was a basketball one that we really liked. Uh, the one with Michaela and Millennials versus Gen X, where you're trying to get the like the rugby ball to the post or whatever. Yep, or something like that. So like those physical ones are the ones that we really like, where you just kind of you just kind of use brute strength to win it. But in this one, like I liked that it was a little platform, and the whole goal is to push your loved one off. And what I thought was great about this one was you really got to see a lot of the blood versus water stuff coming back up, but without it being, you know, you know, we talked about this last time, nothing feels hokey and forced with this particular theme. It just kind of happens. And you're like, yes, this is made for this theme. And so like 
you see Laura is the one I'm thinking of immediately. And she goes, she like starts crying. Like she's on the platform and she's crying, looking over at her daughter, um, whose name is currently escaping me. Oh, Sierra. It's Sierra. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and what makes that duel even that face off even better is that it's the deciding point. If Laura pushes Sierra into the water, it could be sealing Sierra's fate as the person voted off. Like right. that's, it's, it's such an emotional moment. It, and it was really good for the theme. And RS versus Vetus was another good one like that. Yeah. So she, she talks about, it, she's like, and Jeff's like, why are you crying right now? Like, are, are you, what are you? And she's like, that's my baby. Like I, I can't hurt her. What if I, what if I like break her leg or, you know, what if, what if I push her off and she actually gets hurt? Like, I don't want to hit my baby. Like that's my baby. And on the other side, you talked about Aris and Vetus. I love the sibling rivalry kind of storyline where was it Aris who says he was a bully to me, like growing up, like he bullied me our whole lives. And this is a chance for me to try to beat the bully. And he goes on to kind of cry after the, after the duel um, where he, it feels like a moment of redemption for him almost. And it's, it's especially good because Vetus tries to cheat. Like not as a cheat, I guess, cause it's all fair, but like he cheap shot at him. He, he feigned yeah, he, to be, he feigned being down and then rushed up and, and tried to knock him off. When I think, I think RS was going to let him, let him get back were, up. Yeah. You're just going to get back to a standing base and try again. And he wasn't going to let that happen. Well, it ends up costing him because Aris ends up finding a way to get him in the water because of that. Yeah. Like, it ends up screwing him even worse by, instead of just matching up again in the middle, they he ends up closer to the edge and just, Aris just spins and pushes him in. But you get a couple of those that I really enjoyed where it, Tina and her daughter had had, had a face-off. Um, they, Was it they definitely tried to Tina and Katie? Yeah, Tina and Katie. Um, and Tina Tina dumps Katie in the water like without much effort and she's like 60 years old. Katie just in this challenge just proved herself to be somebody that if you're try if you're honestly trying to have the strongest tribe and not have to go to tribal council every time, she's an easy vote out. And Brad, instead of voting her out, Whoops. decides to turn on John. Our buddy John goes home and or not home to Redemption Island, and but we've we've seen this kind of planted in there for, for the two episodes we watched was that Brad was slowly looking to turn on John, um, but he wasn't sure when the right time was. So like you see him kind of dealing with that um, question of like is now the right time to get rid of him is now the time we should pull the trigger as the guy's alliance to, because what if he ends up going and getting that idol? Um, or if he has it and doesn't think he needs to play it, we can get him out now. I think personally, I think that like, and I told you beforehand, like I would have started considering John pretty early on too, to be honest. Like he's gotten two, two clues. Um, he's, pretty decent in challenges but look it's clear that we're we're not going to win many challenges regardless of who's in here so i mean the best we can do is hope that eventually we get to a point where they they swap for us um because katie is really bad and katie should have gone home as one of the two um 
But overall, like you're just kind of watching this and you're thinking, yeah, Brad's going to pull the trigger very soon on John. Or John, or Hayden, I guess is the better one. Hayden's going to pull the trigger on getting rid of Brad. And we, I don't know about you, but the edit got me. The edit got me. I really thought this was the time. Because they started talking about flipping on Brad. and Hayden had the idea to flip on Brad. And it worked for the girls. And the guys seemed to be on board with it. And they they edited it well. Because I really thought they were about to vote Brad out. And then when they didn't and they voted John, I was I was genuinely surprised and disappointed. They did a really good job with that. Well, Jimmy, I've seen the season, and I thought Brad was going. <laughs> I, I did. Like, because I know, I mean, you know, we both know that he goes at some point. Um, just because we know he doesn't win, right? Yeah. Uh, and I couldn't remember when he goes. Like, but I knew, I knew it wasn't super early, but I also knew it wasn't super, super late. So I knew it was somewhere in the middle. And I couldn't remember if it was post-swap i couldn't like i couldn't remember exactly and so watching that edit i was like yeah this is it right here he's going home right here uh and then like the votes came down i was like well shit i guess i wasn't i guess i wasn't paying attention the first time i watched this because uh old brad's sticking around yeah so to, to recap where we are on the redemptions is uh the the first duel was of course um rupert and candace and marissa Candace finished first. Marissa finished second. Rupert goes home. Kind of surprised me, um, but but Rupert goes home, and nice emotional moment with with Laura, and he uh, he he handles it with grace. And then the second one is Marissa and Candace and Rachel, and Rachel goes home, and so now we're left with Candace and Marissa and John, and coming into next episode, like honestly. If it wasn't already later than I, you know, getting later than I want to be up, I would really be wanting to watch this episode right now because I'm really intrigued. How are Candace and John going to handle competing against each other in a in a redemption duel? But also, how is Candace going to respond to the fact that she gave her husband two clues to an immunity idol and he got sent out? Right. Like, instead of use instead of using those clues to get them another ally, she used those clues to keep, secure his place in the game to avoid this very scenario, and he couldn't get it done. How is she going to respond to that? And how are they going to handle being in a redemption duel where what? one of where they could both finish and send somebody else home, or one of them could go home? as early as the next morning when they, when they're meeting up on that Island. Right. And then you, you also have to wonder where do they start giving the clues? Cause only one of them is getting back in the game at this point. You're, you're, you know that like at this point, you know, they both can't get back in the game. So one of them is gone. You don't know which one, because you know, one, like either one could come out of, out of redemption when they, when they battle into the game. But when is Jeff going to allow that to happen? When we know that, He's only only one of them gets to go back in the game, and so just that's based on how the rules are set up, right? Yeah, um, is that there's going to be a, a, an elimination probably at the merge or around the merge where one person gets back in the game and the other two people go home and we get a reset on redemption, and so you know that's coming, so you know one of them for sure is not going to make it back in the game, but it's possible both could get knocked out before. They get back in. So, 
yeah, it'll be interesting how they kind of play out the, the strategy on redemption. I think there's also, you know, something to watch would be who they give the clues to now. Like, do you try to gain an ally? Or now that you see kind of what those clues do, do you perhaps give them to Brad Culpepper? Um, or do you already know that Brad Culpepper is going to go out uh, and maybe start giving them to Monica or giving it to uh, Jervis because he, you know, he cost, uh, you know, he, you know, he was rubbing some things in. Like, do you start giving those clues not as a good thing, but as a, as almost like a bad thing? And the other question that you have to answer is if you're John, if you're John and you've seen how strong Candace is and you know that at least once you can ensure she goes further in the game by not trying, mm-hmm. right? He can right, theoretically want to make sure he can theoretically make sure all get next- as far as possible though, right? Right, but you, you you start counting. Right now, we've had um, two people go home, and Colton quit, so we're down to 17. The merge is three or four away. At some point, you could decide, if I just don't try in this redemption duel, I guarantee that my wife makes it one more round. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, or you just wait till Jeff announces, hey, this is the battle back, and, you know, only one of you gets back in. Well, immediately, if I'm John, I'm almost tempted to not play, but almost go over and start coaching Candace on whatever it could be. It's a puzzle, like, and I don't know if the rules allow it, but, like, I don't know that I would actually play. Like, I'd just start, you know, kind of shouting out things for her to do, to try to help her. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean so it, it's going to be really interesting to see how they handle being in the the redemption duels against each other. Right, and this is the first time we'll have that. Um, and, and, you know, it'll be interesting, too, to see how Tyson responds to Rachel being gone and him having an injury and, you know, also trying to work alongside people like Monica, who you know her husband is the reason your wife got sent home or girlfriend at the time, but eventual wife, you know, your wife gets sent home because of that. Related to that, how does the strategy change as we get closer to, you know, the, you know, the merge is going to happen around 12, 13, 11, somewhere in there where, okay, playing with Monica now is fine. But if I'm working with Monica now, that means I got to work with Brad when, if if they both make the merge. And do you start seeing, well, I don't want to work with Brad, so let's go ahead and get rid of Monica and let's set up let's set myself up with some other allies. Allies who have um because it's not just not wanting to work with Brad. You can see the kind of game Brad's playing and see that I don't want to play that game. It's not just right. it's not just I don't like Brad. It's that Brad is gonna be the kind of person that if we get to the merge together, he's gonna to want to work with me at first because I'm attached to Monica, but eventually he it he's he's a, he's similar to coach in that uh, but less entertaining and less fun to watch in that it's not enough to be in the position of strength. Mm-hmm. He has to be the alpha male in the position in the alliance of strength. So, you know, that's going to come to a head where if I'm working with Monica and Monica's working with Brad, he's going to see that I'm somebody who has played before. I'm clearly a, a, a favorite in this game. He's going to want to, he's going to, I'm going to be his new John. 
I'm going to be the one that he works with. And then first chance he gets, he's going to flip on me. So I and, almost would send Monica out in hopes that Brad goes full macho man again and says, no, y'all aren't taking my wife out. Get in here, Monica. And goes down there and tries to beat her. Beat, yeah. You know, so I'm, I'll be curious as we get closer to the merge, how that changes who, particularly on the returnees tribe, how that changes who those people want to work with. Right. That's something well, that I want to see. I want to see who, um, who finally takes the shot at Brad. Is it a Hayden that decides, you know what? We're tired of this dude. Like I would rather me and Aris, so Aris or Vetus, uh, me and Vetus. Yeah. I'd rather just have me and Vetus and Sierra, uh, and Katie locked in here and we get to the merge or we get to a tribe swap or whatever. Like I've got cat on the other side. We've got Aris on, I mean, yeah, Aris on the other side. We've got Tina on the other side and we got Laura on the other side. We've got an eight person alliance right there that isn't as problematic as if we try to bring in Brad and Monica, who are probably just going to run roughshod over us and try to get us out. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really curious to see how those relationships affect what's going on in redemption and what's going on with the main tribes. For sure. So, so that that's all I really had for this week, Justin. Um, did you, anything else you really wanted to hit on? No, I think that's it. Like I said, this is shaping up to be uh, a really solid season. I don't know about you, but this is probably one of my favorite seasons, at least from the like in terms of the first few episodes, because the edits have been fantastic. Like they've done a really yeah. good job of editing the season together, and I mean, really kind of getting the excitement up to want to watch more. And I don't feel like you have to watch the previous seasons of like to really they do a good enough job of editing to like context clues clue your way through like when somebody like cat doesn't like colton i don't need to know what exactly colton did to understand why they don't like each other but just that there is something there like they've done a really good job of kind of explaining some of that kind of stuff too and and I, they, they and you've said it, but they they've struck a really good balance with the way they've implemented the blood versus water theme, and, and it's really added to the interest instead of taking it away. Like we both really like millennials versus Gen X, but we talked about the early days. It, that sh- that season got infinitely better when the tribes started merging and swapping, and there was less millennial and Gen X and more just people playing Survivor. That was a really yeah, I mean, strong it, cast that I don't think needed the theme. This cast right. and this theme add so much more to the to the season, and right. uh, it it really just adds to the intrigue. Yeah, it's just a lot. Like even brains, brawn, and beauty felt forced to some degree in the early days. Because let's be this, real, they're all attractive people. Like it wasn't right. It, 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 right. The difference was like you know one was like a hand model. And you had somebody on like the, the, the other tribe that was just, you know, a police officer who also happened to be attractive or whatever, you know, things like that were like, they were all, like you said, they're all attractive. They're even the people that were on some of the, like the brain tribe, like Spencer's a heck of an athlete. Yeah. Um, like, so there was just a lot of crossing over in that, but then there was also like the, Oh, look at this. It's a puzzle. Are the brains going to be able to win this, or is 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 the beauty tribe going to show off their brains? Like you know how like it, it just felt really forced. Uh, the one that felt really really forced was the millennials versus Gen X because it was just like there's really no connection 
as to why they're doing the, some of the things they're doing, like you're just really forcing the like, especially in the early days because they weren't they weren't they were separated, and so you really only got to see the two come together at the tribals, and so or at not the tribal at the at the immunity challenges. So like they pushed the millennials versus Gen X things are really hard there. But then when they're back at camp, they're just dealing with people just like they are. Right. Right. So it really didn't make sense. But in this case, it's almost like this theme is constantly working. Like it's a constantly working theme that is playing into all phases of the game. Because from the get go, you have Brad saying, well, you know, there's going to be some physical competitions that maybe I slack off in because I don't want my wife to go hungry. I don't want my wife to go without a tarp or, you know, on the strategic side, you've got to start thinking, well, you know, do I give my clue to this person because I don't like the person that she's, you know, I want to put a target on her back or his back. And it, and it, and it, directly, it directly impacted every vote out so far, right? Yeah. Because like the, first, the, first, home because the, of that. the first one, Marissa goes to redemption because of what Jervis did. And they wanted to, send, they wanted to fire a shot at Jervis. And then the next one was Rachel, who they sent out because they were trying to get Tyson to switch with her into the pit and, and, and be on and be one step away from getting voted out. And then beyond that, you had, uh, John who was voted out because he had immunity clues that he got from his wife. So every single, you talked about that. He didn't want to go out because of, or he didn't want to send Rachel home. And that showed some disloyalty on his part. That put a target on his back. Why didn't he want to send? Why didn't he want to send Rachel to to Redemption, Jeremy? Because he was scared that Tyson might switch places and beat Candace. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Everything about this game has come back to this theme, and it's it, it's really worked really well. So I'm looking forward to watching more with you, and uh, we'll get yeah, of course. on we'll, we'll get on that as soon as possible. And uh, until then, Justin, have a good one. Have a good one, bub.